If you want a prayer partner, dial 1-900-CALL-STAND-THE-PRAYER-WARRIOR. If anyone can, Stan can. No one connects to God like Stan can. Stop! There's a weary world out there that is crying enough with the prayer marketing. We've devalued the idea of prayer by coming up with formulas and methods and groups and names. We've diced and sliced prayer into human methodologies, when in essence, prayer is personal. It is real. It's relational. It isn't the words that flow, but the genuine verbal offering that begins a real connection with the divine. It isn't reserved for the eloquent, the suit, or the powerful. It's for all with no roaming charges. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Well, we've got an excellent study today, and I'm joined by three terrific people as always. <laughs> so I want you to uh, share with our viewers who you are and then a little bit about maybe your favorite hobby. Okay, my name is Elena, and my favorite hobby right now would be CrossFit. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's really a hobby. Talk That's about that. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. <laughs> so you went healthy, and I'm going to look bad for mine. <laughs> It's all good. I don't think any of us can recover. Thank you. <laughs> um, my name is Natalie Moncow, and my hobby that I will be willing to share <laughs> is uh, I like hosting events um, at my home. So, yeah, host. So we'll see you next week? Exactly. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> as long as you have good food, I'll be there. Uh, yeah, definitely. So my name is John Davis, and actually... Uh, one of my favorite hobbies is actually building things, um, building anything from Legos to putting together stuff Very in cool. you know, the store. You know, you buy like those desks that have like 50 million pieces. <laughs> so if I have to put it together, I like doing it. I like it. Does that include construction? Well, or do you, do you stop when it gets too big? <laughs> yeah, I stop, you know, at a certain point. So, yeah, no building houses or, you know, Hi. tall buildings, but, you know, small scale. <laughs> gotcha. You know, when I was a kid, I used to love collecting things. And my favorite was collecting autographs. So I oh. had this autograph collection of these celebrities that, wow. that I, I had a lot of fun. You know, I've got a lot of older ones, um, like Neil Armstrong and, oh, nice. and um, you know, a bunch of different celebrities, movie stars, athletes. Like <laughs> <laughs> wow, Phil. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, to begin, John, do you mind uh, reading our, our verse and then having prayer? Sure. All right, so we're going to be reading Luke, the 11th chapter, verses 9 and 10. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If we bow our heads to our word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to talk about your word and discuss it so that uh, eyes may be opened, Father. Lord, let the words that we speak, may it be pleasing to your ears and may it help someone else get closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, I like this verse. It's actually in elementary school. We had a music teacher that would have us sing verses. Mm -hmm. And this is the one that she would have us sing, or this is one of them. So it's one that I've remembered my entire life. And I think it's kind of a, a good, good one to start us off. Um, let's just talk broadly about prayer. What is, for those that, that may not fully understand it or, or may want to start off at the beginning, what is prayer? Or how do you see it? So for me, prayer is a conversation with God. Mm -hmm. It's basically taking a step to talk to Him, to tell Him what's going on in our lives, what, um, to thank Him first and foremost. Now, 
uh, for what he's done for us because I think sometimes we don't thank him enough when we live our lives. So it's thanking him and then also talking to him about what we're going through, what we're struggling with, what we need help with, uh, asking for strength, asking for different things that we need in our lives. So I think that's what prayer really is, is that conversation. And I also think that um, prayer is just an acknowledgement that we need God. You know, he knows before we ask what we're going to ask for, but it's just saying, hey, God, thank you, or I, I need you to help me with this, or, you know, help me with a test, or to be excellent at Lego building. You know, it's just, it's just acknowledging that he is who he is, and, and he can help no matter what it is. You know, and I like the idea that it's, um, I like what you've shared, and there's, there was a time in my life for about a year where I was a hospital chaplain. And I've learned a very important lesson from a, a patient that I had, uh, which I, it was, I, I love this story, so I'm going to share it with you. But so there was a patient that I, I walked into his room and I, I had had a kind of ongoing conversation with him. I'd seen him several days and he was going through some, some procedures. So he was on medication that would, he was fairly heavy medication. And I walked in and he asked that I'd have prayer with him. And so I had this this very eloquent, nice prayer is very meaningful. Um, I really felt good about it. It's, it's kind of like I, I felt like I knocked it out of the park. <laughs> and he wanted to have prayer right after it. And so we both bowed our heads and he said, you know, Lord, I want to thank you that the chaplain is here and I'm sorry that I fell asleep during his prayer. <laughs> and, and to me, I, I, there, it wasn't anything that, that was not meaningful and it, it wasn't sincere in my prayer. But at the same time, I loved his prayer mm-hmm. and how real it was mm-hmm. where, you know, it, it was almost like a relationship that he had mm-hmm. with God where, you know, he could open up about anything mm-hmm. and he could share anything and, you know, including falling asleep during mm-hmm. the prayer. Yeah. yeah. And I've always liked that. And it's really been kind of a reminder to me of how simple prayer can be. Mm-hmm. Right. We look at um, the life of Jesus and we look at, you know, Jesus often has prayer. What are some of the times that Jesus had prayer and, and what was, I guess, the, what lessons can we learn from that? Well, one time that really stands out for me is when he's in the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights. I think it was constant prayer for him to, you know, get through that. And, you know, also during, you know, right before Judas betrays him and he's up there praying and he's like, God, if there's any other way. You know, I think during those times, why they they stand out to me is I think when we saw him be the most human, in a sense. Like, that's when I really felt like I could relate to Christ the most because I'm like, he knows what his mission is and he's struggling with it. And I can relate to that. So those are the ones that stand out to me. One of the ones that stands out to me is actually when he prayed on the cross. Um, It's a time, you know, it symbolizes a time where, you know, he's, he's at the point of death. And the fact that he has the strength and the to just utter out a prayer, and it's not just about him; it's mm-hmm. about all of us. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that's really important: is that when Jesus is praying, you know, he prays, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays, you know, before his baptism, you know, before his baptism, you know, he prays at mm-hmm. these key moments. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's really important that before anything big happens, he takes the time to acknowledge God mm-hmm. and takes the time to 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 try to get himself focused. And I, I think that's really, really something important to, to pull out of that, um, the times where Jesus prays, because we all know he prays, all, you know, he, as you said, Phil, he mm-hmm. prays constantly, 
but those key moments in life that he prays are, are really important. Mm -hmm. I like the example you shared, John, because um, Jesus said it's, he's about to die. And right before he dies, he asks God, you mm -hmm. know, for to help him. And so it doesn't matter where you are. It could be a big, the biggest events from birth to death, um, you know, you know, even when he was um, looking for his disciples, you know, he prayed right before then. And so in every single moment in our lives, big or small, you know, he's always praying. And we should also take that as our example as well. I agree. And I, I like that. I like what you said, Elena, about that kind of shows his humanness. Mm -hmm. And I think we we think of Jesus as, you know, God on earth mm -hmm. and we forget about the humanness at mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And I like how, you know, that's kind of him acknowledging that he's human, yeah. but at the same time showing us the importance of having that connection to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think especially in the times when, I mean, I can't imagine what it'd be like on the cross, you know, as he's dying, mm -hmm. he, he utters a prayer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when he's choosing his disciples, mm -hmm. like prayer is really important to him and the connection to God. Mm -hmm. And I love how that illustration and that example is there for us. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, and I also, in his prayers, it also shows that he's moving the decision-making process off of himself, that it's not, you know, Jesus isn't making the decision himself, he's allowing God to make the decision and to point him in the right direction and in all those prayers. And so I think that's something very important to look at is it's, it's, it sets the tone for what we're going to do next. Um, you know, when he's looking at the disciples and he prays, it sets the tone for who he's going to pick. Mm -hmm. Because if we're thinking of things in an in a earthly mindset, we may do one thing. But by stopping and taking the time to pray, we may now get a new, a new answer that, oh, no, let's not go right. Let's go left instead. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's really important in that prayer and, and looking at how Jesus prayed is that it may have even altered decisions that because we know he was, he was human. He was flesh on earth. So he may have been wanting to make a decision one way. We don't know. But that prayer may have changed it and allowed God's will to be done. Right. And that shows total commitment to making sure that God is ultimately um, that he's the one that is pleased with your actions. Mm -hmm. and, and so I like that as an example. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I think that there are times in, in Jesus' life where it's kind of punctuated by prayer. Mm -hmm. But later in the Bible, it says that we are to pray without ceasing. Mm. So what does that mean? Constant conversation with God. Um, but you can't do that because we're having a conversation right now. So you can't be in the middle of a conversation true. with God. You know... Or I can think, you? Yeah. I think you really could. In your head, I think you could be communicating with him while you're doing other things. And I think prayer is also the opportunity for us to have an introspective moment of what we actually need and what we actually desire, if we're doing it the right way. You know, if we're not doing the typical uh, autopilot prayer, if we're really digging into ourselves, it's the opportunity to have that introspective moment. You can do that quite often. <laughs> yeah, I, I often think of it as, you know, ellipses, you know, the dot, 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 to be continued um, day, night, wherever, in the middle of the day. Um, you're always, like you said, having a conversation with him. Um, and then we pause, we do other things, but um, I, I definitely don't see, uh, see it as an issue. I, I definitely think we're constantly in, should be in conversation with him. Well, I feel like a lot of times, and I'll, I'll say me included, I'll pray before meals, I'll pray, you know, in the morning, mm -hmm. going to bed. So is that wrong or 
is that praying without ceasing or what role does that have, you know, in connection well, to Well, are you praying in between those prayers? Well, let's, for the, <laughs> for the purposes of argument, let's say no. Then no, that's not praying without ceasing. <laughs> I mean, I don't want it to sound rude or anything, but that's, those are the autopilot prayers that I'm referring to. Those are the ones that everybody you know, goes into because this is our routine, this is what we do as Christians, but the prayer without ceasing is, am I thinking of God in between things that I'm doing? Am I bringing him into my daily life through prayer? I, I also have had the experience where I didn't feel like praying, but I, that's, I think that's what, I guess that's what we're also talking about in terms of praying without ceasing. No matter what you're going through in life, you know, don't stop. You know, um, it may not, the answer may not come right now, you know, walked right through the sky, mm -hmm. you know, but um, he's listening. So I think no matter what's going on, just continue to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, praying without ceasing is something that I've, I've thought about so many times because, you know, when you look at it for face value, it almost seems like, oh, let's have a 24-hour prayer, you know, prayer marathon. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's pray as long as we can go. Each round robin and keep going and keep going. But... It, that's not really a relationship at that point. It's, it's more so that, that quick prayer that before you go into a meeting at work, um, you know, Jesus help me say the right words. You know, those quick, you know, prayer doesn't have to be an elaborate thing as, as you talked about in your example where you were at the hospital and you had this elaborate prayer that, you, that was very eloquent and very beautiful, but Christ doesn't always need that. He just sometimes needs that one sentence, Lord help me. And that's still a prayer, and you can do that throughout the day. I remember, you know, when I was going to um, a particular church, and that was a topic that came up in, in the sermon was praying without ceasing. And the pastor, you know, said, "Hey, you know, take time throughout your day, throughout the course of the day, just you know, a, a Lord help me, or Jesus help me to 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 withstand, you know, what's going on." And so that becomes a constant prayer. Your day becomes a prayer in action. Mm -hmm. And that become and that's how you can pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Can I bring up Fiddler on the Roof again? <laughs> I just really love the way Tavia like is constantly talking to God. You know, he's having a discussion with friends, and right in the middle within his discussion with friends, he like lo looks up at God and he's like, "Well, the good book says," and then you know, says whatever it is that he's referring to in the Bible, and then. You know, he says to God, can you help the rabbi's son with this and that? Can you help so-and-so with something that they need? Can you explain this to me? It's just that constant friendship where it's easygoing. He doesn't even really think about it. It automatically happens, you know. And he even complains to him, you know, like when his horse goes lame. He's like, you know, did you have to make my horse go lame right before the Sabbath when I still have to make all these deliveries? And I just think I love that because that's the type of prayer life I want to have with God where I'm not even thinking about it. It just happens. You know, and it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems so easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I don't want to minimize or simplify things, but it seems like instead of having this certain way of having to do it and, you know, as a kid learning that this is how you pray or this is the motion that you do while you mm -hmm. pray or, or anything like that, it just seems so easy mm -hmm. where it's real. I mean... Even a few years ago, I'm going to bring this in, but a few years ago, there was a little book called The Prayer of Jabez, mm -hmm. and it became very popular. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was just four lines, a few verses that were in the middle of, like, just kind of lost in the book. And um, it was about this guy, and everyone would kind of, kind of break it apart. There were, there were um, I mean, explain it. There were books that came out. There were, there were sermons all over the country, maybe all over the world, that were about this little prayer. 
and that became sort of like a model for how we should pray. And I feel like I, I don't want to minimize the scripture because I feel like it's a very powerful prayer and there's a lot we can learn from it. But at the same time, it seemed to be almost that that was the standard for prayer. Mm. Or, you know, it seems like every once in a while someone comes up with something new and it seems to be the standard that we're supposed to go by or, you know, this is what how you maximize your prayer. When it sounds like what, what we really should be doing is not following this, but just really kind of making it real. Mm -hmm. I think making it real is important. I mean, if, and if you're going to follow a standard, it's not, you know, a bad thing to do, but we have to make sure we're also following the right standard mm -hmm. because the true, the only real standard of prayer in the Bible is actually the Lord's prayer. When Jesus teaches, you know, us how to pray. And, you know, aside from that, you know, we understand that prayer is a uh, conversation, but to go in through the Bible and pick out this prayer or that prayer, are we, you know, as you said, are we, is it really a, a prayer at that point? Or are we just taking someone else's prayer and trying to make it our own? You know, it's, it's, you know, God isn't going to listen to us, or I won't say isn't going to listen to us, but is he, is he as concerned about the prayer that we're praying from someone else as he is about the prayer that comes from our heart? Mm -hmm. And that's where it is, that heart relationship with prayer. Um, we, we have to have that to connect to him. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, as, as we grow, you know, as we grow up, you know, from children, we learn, you know, our parents teach us how to pray, our parents teach us, and the Lord's Prayer is often one of the first ones, or your, your prayer for your grace, or the, the one, now I lay me down to sleep, mm -hmm. you know, is an often a prayer that you teach a young child, but I find with, even with my own, you know, as they get older, I try to teach them, hey, let's, let's start thinking out of the box, let's start talking relationship, let's get away from just what someone else has said you should pray, and focus on what Christ wants us in our heart to pray. Because if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, then we understand what we need to pray about. You know, there's times where I've gone through life and I've felt like there's someone or something I need to pray about. Mm -hmm. And we, if we allow the Holy Spirit to take to to take the lead there, then prayer is a, a no-brainer. Prayer mm -hmm. becomes that conversation. It's easier. It, it's not so much uh, of trying to figure out what do I pray about, but we already know. You know, and you bring up the Lord's Prayer, which I, I want to get into in just mm -hmm. a minute. But it even makes me think, even if something as great as that that's in Scripture can be formulaic and can be just mm -hmm. recited without actually meaning mm -hmm. the words to it or, mm -hmm. or maybe even recited too often so that we lose the focus mm -hmm. and lose the, the understanding of it. Mm -hmm. But I want to turn to it. So we find it in Luke 11, verses 1 to 4. Mm -hmm. And Natalie, do you have it? Do you mind reading for us? Yeah, I can read it. I'm reading from uh, the NIV version. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. It seems like it's very simple, mm -hmm. very basic, but I feel like there's a lot of really good information that's in there. Mm -hmm. So what stands out to you about this prayer that you could, I guess, see as relevant to today? Well, <laughs> well I was going to say the first thing is he acknowledges the, the power of God. Mm -hmm. You know, he starts off, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So he's first giving honor and glory to God first. 
And that's very important because, you know, we have to understand that he's our father, that he is above any and everything that we can think of earthly. And so that reverence comes first. And so then he moves into, you know, supply us with our needs. You know, give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need, not in, ex in excess or, you know, all of our wants and our desires, but just give us the things that we need. And so he starts off with those two key elements first before moving into anything else. And I think that's, those are practical things we can look at every day is, as we pray, acknowledge who, him for who he is, and then, you know, thank him, you know, thank him for giving us what we need to survive because, you know, he, he has always been a provider. He's always been a supplier of our needs. And so we just have to keep that in mind as we pray so that it's not focusing on what we want. I, I also think that in terms of saying father, you know, that is definitely points to a relation um, or how what the type of relationship that you have with God. You know, your father is someone you look up to, um, you respect, um, that you trust. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I think that that is a special relationship mm -hmm. there. So I like that it's acknowledged when you pray, um, you're talking to someone who exemplifies all the things that a father should. I definitely agree with you, Natalie. I think the fact that he says father like establishes that intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, what stands out to me the most, though, is where he says, forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And personally, when I'm praying and I ask forgiveness for my sins, I never acknowledge that I've forgiven anybody about anything. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that I actually quite often forget about. So I think in him putting that there, He's reminding us of, you know, I'm forgiving you, but you should also remember to forgive the people around you, mm -hmm. which is, I think, for me, something I forget often. So that's what stood out to me. Well, I think that's the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's easy to ask God for our daily bread, mm -hmm. but it's hard to forgive other people. Yeah, yeah. But I also want to say, I, I think it's, I, I like the fact that Jesus calls God Father. Mm -hmm. And to me, it shows the relationship it also kind of shows the connection. I mean, not just the relationship, but the connection that he's very closely connected to God. Mm -hmm. And I like that he, this is Jesus telling us how we should pray. So we should remember the connection that we have to God. And it's not this God that's way up in you know, yeah. heaven that you know, we've got to do certain, certain motions and things like that in order to reach him, but it's, it's a relationship mm -hmm. thing. I've always liked that. So switching from prayer, okay. we'll move on. I'm sorry, did you, did you want to share? <laughs> no, no, I want to hear this. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, when you look at a father and, and you look at that close relationship, you see a few things, you know, you see the provider, you see a teacher, you know, and I, 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 I look at the prayer and I go, what can, you know, prayer allows God to teach us too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a one, you know, a relationship where it's, hey, I'm talking to you and that's all that's going on is I'm just talking to God and I'm not listening. But prayer also has to have a listening component to it as well. We, we have to be very, and that's part of why I believe he, uh, Jesus draws attention to the forget, you know, forgiving our sins and us forgiving others, is we have to be willing to hear and understand in, the, in prayer. And so that's something that I, I draw from that as well. No, it makes sense because if you're talking to a parent or a friend or anybody, um, it's not just a one-way thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not just having a conversation, telling them what you want, telling them what you acknowledge. You would have a conversation back. In fact, I think it'd be very offensive if 
you spoke and didn't give the other person yeah. the opportunity to speak back. Right. So how does God talk to you in response? I mean, because I haven't heard a, a direct voice. Mm -hmm. Well, I think for me, it's in some of the, the events that have happened in my life. Um, I've prayed about decisions I've needed to make. And I've sometimes asked God, I said, you know, if this is your will for me, then help me to hear your voice. And oftentimes it'll come in, sometimes it'll come in the form of someone that I never spoke to about the decision. All of a sudden, you know, having a conversation with me about something within that decision. And it's in line of something that I had been feeling towards making that decision. And then I'll run across someone else or I'll get a call from my mom or someone that I, I know and trust. And it's, it's very interesting in how it all correlates because it's like, I never talked to anyone about that. I never told anyone I was going through that. But still, you know, there's an answer, there's answers coming in and they're all focusing on one central point. And I think that's how God has talked to me and before and he continues to. I definitely feel like God, um, when you ask him, he's going to answer. And maybe the answer is very layered. Like you talked about someone else is, has mentioned something to you and it just kind of flows. Or the door is open um, to, to whatever you're trying to reach the goal. Um, you know, and, and also I think there's also a peace of mind you know, sometimes when I make a decision or I'm trying to make a decision, I ask God to help me um, and I make it and I feel at ease about it. I know that that's God speaking mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. So there's so many ways that he can, uh, you know, talk to you. What would you say to someone who's struggling with prayer or struggling to see the importance or the benefit of prayer? It's hard. Work. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's, I mean, I would say first, I've been there. You know, I understand that sometimes you are not sure, like, am I getting through to you guys? <laughs> like, I have been asking about this. But as we talked about, I think, earlier, this is a daily relationship. Don't give up. You know, talk to him every day as much as you can. Um, because I know that when you ask him, he says it in his word, when you ask him, he's going to answer you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you start off believing that, um, then it can become easier, especially when you're not hearing something right away. Um, it can be harder as time goes on and you're still not like hearing something. Yeah. I would say pray even when you don't feel like it. Right. Just make yourself do it. Mm -hmm. Push through. Mm -hmm. And I also say pray not, not necessarily expecting an immediate answer mm -hmm. because so often we pray and we think, you know, especially if someone's struggling with prayer, they're going, well, God, why aren't you answering me? They're expecting an answer in time that they can measure. Mm -hmm. But being, real, being understanding that God is going to answer the prayer in the way that he feels mm -hmm. that the answer needs to come right. and in his time. So having that patience mm -hmm. to understand that I might not get an answer for a week. I might not get an answer for five years. Mm -hmm. You know, I know people who have gone through things and they have prayed about it and the answer God didn't actually give until years later. Mm -hmm. And then it became revealed to them the understanding of why it took so long, mm -hmm. what they had to go through. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, you know, as you said, it's, it's continuing to pray even when you don't feel like it, you know, when you think, you know, you're at your wit's end, continuing to pray, but it, it's just having faith and turn to the scripture, you know, to, to, or to his word to just for comfort and understanding that hey, you know, you're, he's hearing your prayer even though he may not answer right away. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Jesus gives a great example where he wasn't always delivered from his struggles or his problems, mm -hmm. but he prayed to God for strength. And it's a great illustration and example for us mm -hmm. in order to, to realize that we should be praying and God invites us to pray throughout our, our lives and our day and everything. Thank you three for a terrific discussion. I've really enjoyed it. 
And if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Phil Riley.